welcome to a bonus episode of Solve This Murder. So I'm just Bill. And I'm just Ken. Wait. No, wait. That's not right. That might be right. Uh, this is an episode in between uh, our mysteries. So this is, this is not the start of a new mystery for people who are like, oh my God, a new mystery. But there will be one soon. Danny, I know that the, the plan for our next mystery I is that you've got a... Little a, baby speed one. Another Agatha Christie... This time a short story rather yeah, than a novel? Yeah, it might be done in one episode. I don't know. It might be done in one episode. We'll find out. But that'll be the next one. And then after that, there's another whole original mystery that I'm partway through writing. I'm really excited about it. Um, I think it won't have quite the... I'm, I'm intrigued as to how people will take it because I don't think it has the same sort of immediate, like weirdness of like in the air or th in VR. But you said you think it's going to be really satisfying as a I mystery. I think it'll be a very solid mystery. I'm looking forward to it. So this bonus episode, I wanted to talk about how we write the mysteries. Mm. Now for our other show, Escape This Podcast, we have before done like, this is how you write a escape room. This is how you write the puzzles for an escape room. And, we, and we've made those as the sort of, here's how you can try it at home episodes, instructional episodes, and people have really enjoyed that and they found a lot of value out of it. I don't think we'll be able to get as precise with how to write the mysteries. Not at all, especially looking at my notes. Like You have, I think, written just better ones than I have and just run them better, so your notes are a lot more comprehensive than mine have ever been. So I think that people should trust what you say more than they trust <laughs> me, but I'm pretty sure looking at mine super briefly right now, Mine are all very different from one another. So you don't have like a formula that you have approached in writing those original mysteries? I haven't noticed one yet. Maybe as I keep looking, I'll spot something. Because I was thinking the same thing, like looking at how we've written them. I, I've got my notes in front of me as well. Like my, not my finished notes that I have available in the autopsies for my previous mysteries, but the ones that I, as I wrote them. So I'd be interested in going back and looking at the ones that I've done and the ones that you've done and sort of talking about the, the process or the steps that we took. Um, I may be a little bit better than you in terms of um, I can only think when I'm writing things down. So all of my steps are pretty much written down, ah. whereas you probably do a lot more in your head and then you write out the finished product. Yes. Yeah. So maybe your notes won't be quite as elucidating. Well, you never method. know, because I do have a lot of notes that don't make it into the final in this case or things that just change subtly, all that sort of stuff. I don't know. I've got more bits and pieces than... I would normally for an escape this podcast. Okay. Well, I would like to have a starting question, mm -hmm. which I don't know if you have an answer to, mm -hmm. which is if you're coming up with a mystery, let's say specifically in this context of solve this murder, you're coming mm -hmm. up with a solve this murder style, solvable murder mystery. Yep. Do you have a consistent first step? Like the first idea? Exactly the same as escape this podcast. Actually, I need a setting. So you I, go for a setting. I need the room that it happened mm. or just like... What is the conceit that connects these people together? Okay. I, I, so you'll think yeah. like reality show. Exactly. Mystics house, a, a house party with some rich guy. I'm going to see if I can take a look. So my first one, if you remember, just the lab one. I didn't, e I haven't even mentioned that it's a lab one. I just, it doesn't mention it. I just go straight past it. Like the idea that it was set in a lab isn't even mentioned. Apparently it was just a given. <laughs> Next one. The first words are fortune teller murder. Next one from there says Survivor-esque. <laughs> uh, rich people, New York penthouse party. Interesting. I would say that my approach... Rockstar found dead into a bus. Now, see, this is the thing. That is slightly more similar to mine, mm -hmm. which is I think explicitly my first step is the body. 
Ah, interesting. That takes and me not, a bit longer. In no way is it the reason for the murder. I don't even know who the body is yet. But my my opening step for both of these, I think, of the ones I've done so far, and it has been my opening step for this third one as well that I'm writing, has been, here's the body. I get like an image of like, ooh, it's a, it's a, it's a dead body found here, which I think is slightly different from just having the setting. So like... We my last one, virtual victim, and for people who are listening who have not listened to our earlier mysteries, I will I will be avoiding spoilers. I think in the the majority, we'll try not to do massive spoilers, but at least for the for the settings and the ideas and like maybe that initial hook, we're probably spoiling episode one for each of the mysteries, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, so that for me was I wanted a murder that you see in VR. Like, I wanted the moment. It's that moment of finding the body, of like, it's, or seeing the, the body. It's, I didn't know who was going to be murdered in VR. I didn't know how we ended up in that situation. It was just, hey, I would like, you see a murder, but the whole thing, you just see a VR avatar get murdered. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I feel like I start with an image, but it's very much more the image of the room than the image of a mm, dead person. Yeah, whereas I, I had no concept. And same with the, the one in the air was a bit more... The setting base, right? I want it on a plane, but I kind of want it. I want it on a plane. There's a person in the seat next to you. You, the, you think they're sleeping, and boom, they're dead. Mm. It's the body. Here's the like. That's sort of first step. Yeah, absolutely, that fact, is so far from my first step. The visualization of a body. I'm trying to see if I can find my original notes for the start of this. I mean, I, it was kind of just like murder on a flight, and then the murder happens while chatting with a flight attendant or going to that like so I want it to happen on the flight someone like right nearby yeah already my fourth dot point is Danny's sitting next to murder victim (laughs) so again this is not getting past the first episode but you know what are the dot points that uh happened before that so this is a little bit more setting back right it's murder on a flight (laughs) Danny called to fly across the sleuth convention while on small fight meet, meet cast of characters murder happens while chatting Sitting next to murder victim, I would have written those out in once. I wouldn't. Be, that would have just been me going doop doop mm. doop doop. So I think I had that idea of you're chatting, you're chatting, you come back to your seat, and bang, the person next to you is dead. And uh, and so for my third one, I've, I've got that as well. So to me, that's step one. Is I go, I want a, a almost like a moment. Like I can feel that hook. I can feel that moment of like, and here's the body. And then I try and build around that. Yeah. So I I fundamentally come up with that first. Interestingly, the last one that I can find of mine written in here, the hairdresser, Mm -hmm. does start out like that. My very first thing that I have written on my spread here is, in hairdresser, owner's body in chair at hair washing station, throat cut by scissors, wound hidden under towel. Uh, I got everything in that one sentence. Because I like that. That's the only time that I have that out of all of my notes. Mm. Um, And my my next one is the same. I've come up with like the very first step for my third mystery, which I won't spoil at all because it hasn't come out yet. Uh, we haven't recorded yet. I haven't been writing it yet. But again, the first moment I had of that was like, oh, it's going to be a murder that looks like this. Like, you're going to, like, here's how it's going to be seen. Here's how it's going to be discovered. And then quickly went into the next steps of a fun little tweak to it. But uh, that was always my first step. You know what's interesting? I have one unwritten one. Oh, sorry, unrecorded one as well. Mm. So you don't know anything about this one either, but we've got it in the bag if we ever want to go to it. Sure. It does, again, it starts with just three words of the setting, but then it's a paragraph. I've gone into the story. 
Oh, fun. So this one was different. Like, look at this. Like, don't look at it, but look. Mm, that's just, just a two paragraphs, paragraphs of, of, story. of story. Yeah. So my next question is, where do you go after that? That's the first point. Setting or body, like setting or, or like that moment of murder. But what is, what? how do you follow up? Do you have a set way of following up? The majority of the time, by the looks of it, my next thing is to list out the people. That's interesting. Fundamentally not my next step. <laughs> Now, people talk about this a lot when you're writing mysteries, about how you, when you decide who the murderer is or, or that sort of mm -hmm. idea. And that, at least for you, seems like you kind of put it off slightly more, perhaps. Yes. You go, here's the setting. Now, here's are, what has to be here. Yeah, and then you go, well, here are all the people. You this start is to exactly fill in like setting. how I do escape this mm. podcast, Whereas, where I do the setting and then I do the objects that must be in the room. And then I worry about how they connect to each other. Mm. But my thing, I believe, is my general thought is I go, who's been killed? And my, I literally, I go, next question, why? <laughs> I just think, why has a person been killed? And I, I take longer to flesh out my character list uh, because, like, so for this, my notes again, back for in-flight incident, it is, go straight to who is dead and why. Um, and now I'll be more, much more vague on the details, sorry for people, uh, but you will still get the idea. So I've I've come up with the death and now I say, uh, I start to try and list people who, like, I've I've kind of almost gone into some characters, but not quite. I've gone mostly to the victim, started trying to get some ideas. Do you know what's at the bottom of my uh, first page of notes mm -hmm. for In-Flight Incident? This mm -hmm. is only for people who've listened to it. Still only first episode spoilers. Three wives, two successful businesses, and one beautiful horse. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I keep I keep looking. So I'm just doodling. I'm coming up with this stuff. I'm, I'm putting in details all about the victim. I'm writing a whole dossier. Just not, I haven't got any other characters. I'm writing an entire page on who the victim is, all these details about them, how he gets killed. I, I, I've gone through the method before I've even got a motive yet. All of the, 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 the ins and outs of, oh, he's going to do this, do this, this is going to happen to kill him. I've, and I still have not got the why yet. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do I come up with the why really late or do I just not write it down because it's a given? Like my very first one, the lab one, look, I got one whole page of notes going on here and then motive right at the top of page mm. two. That's ages. Well, I can tell you exactly what I've done here. Because mm -hmm. I made a, I noticed, I got confused everybody because I had, I've written to myself, okay, now we know the why and the how. And I was like, but I haven't written the why. Literally, I wrote all this detail about who the victim is. And then one of the elements, as I was writing out ideas, I went, oh, that's it. And I that's ticked it one. off and I put the word motive. I still don't know <laughs> who did it. I just said, this is the, the fundamental issue that causes their death. Interesting. So I've come up with multiple different issues and like multiple elements of his life that could stem to have other conflicts or red herrings. But I've basically written the whole outline of who they are, picked one element of that outline and said, that's the motive of why they are killed. Then I came up with how they are killed. I still don't know who did it, but I have, but I built it around the victim mm. and I want to see if I've done something similar for VR, for the, for the virtual one. Um, so I'd like to go back and obviously these things get iterated and changed as we go, right? So the motives and the methods will, will, will possibly change as you think them through and you rewrite and you rewrite. But, um, for now, uh, it's interesting. So again, I've done the same thing here. VR murder. Mm -hmm. I've gone, here's the basic couple of dot points of what it is, right? 
multiplayer game. Someone is killed when they're streaming. There's recorded footage. Maybe, you know, someone was streaming it. Maybe this person's a streamer. Uh, I, and then I went straight into a couple of the, a bit of the method of, or like the details of what that looks like. My next question, who's the victim? Who is the victim? I, and I started going like streamer, crossed it out. Popular, crossed that out. You know, change it to, or, or maybe like game dev. Here's a bit about their character. Here's how, what they're doing. Here's stuff they've done that's bad. Here is this, that, and the other. Um, I tried to add in a slightly different element to it because there was something I wanted to shoehorn into the mystery. But it's pretty much just that. I've, I've gone back through the reasoning, the why would they be killed, what's going on. Uh, and it's only after that that I really start to try and put in the characters and fit them all together. So I think for me, consistently... And I've done the same for my most recent one as well. I'm, I'm noticing I'm following this pattern as well. So it is very much step one, what's the murder? Step two, who's the victim? And then from all the information I have about the victim, which of these elements of their life causes a murder? Yeah. And then once I've done that, I then go, okay, cool. Obviously, you can't have a murder mystery where the only two characters are the victim and the killer. So, so then you flesh out. Then people. I go, let's get a good list of characters. Who would this person have in their life? Or like, who is natural to this situation? So I don't try and, you know, make up anything weird here. I just look at the situation. I go, what does this need? Like the flight, I was like, okay, I've got, you know, we have to have a flight attendant. We have to have pilots, but I'll keep them away so they don't exist so that it's simpler. And then I want characters from... Because now I can put the characters not just from the setting that we're in, but also from what I know about the victim. Like, well, if he's a business person, he'll have a former business rival. Yeah. He'll have a business partner. He'll have someone who wanted to work for him. He'll have this, that. And, and so... So you connect it to the, you connected it to the victim more, more than, than to the setting. Dependent on, on the setting. So in my plane one, a plane doesn't really fundamentally have too much. Sure. Right? Anyone can be on a plane. Yeah. For the um, virtual reality one, I went, well, we need someone to have recorded this footage. So I need a streamer. I probably want a second person who's not quite the streamer, but is like a friend of, because I think that's a fun dynamic. You sometimes get that with, in real life, you have streamers and like, here's my friend. They don't really stream, but I wanted someone for the, to fill in the game. Mm -hmm. So I like that dynamic. And then I went, but also now that I know the victim does this job, I'll add in a business person. Here's a rival. Here's a, because to me, I think those are the two sources for why these characters in the scene is the relationship to the victim and relationship to the scenario. So I think I like doing both the main idea of what the murder is, then the main idea of who the vic victim is, get who murdered them, <laughs> at least the archetype of who murdered them, and then build my character list. So I do that slightly different order to you. Apparently, quite different. I just want to say I like one that I have found. This is not a solve this murder. This was a murder mystery evening that I wrote for my family a while ago. And what I have done was, so I came up with all of the characters who were involved, which is interesting, a bit meta, because there were, all of the people there were p people who had played characters, because it was like actory, theatery themed. I had written out a list of seven possible motives, and I've just genericized them. They are love, theater, degree, friendship, money, family, crime. <laughs> and then I wrote the victim, all of the characters, I put in a little circle around them. And I made little lines connecting them. And I just said, which of these is related? Like this person, crime, crime, uh, money, crime, uh, <laughs> theater, theater, love, 
degree related. And so I've just found what is their major connection to the murder victim. That's fun. That's which was fun. an interesting one. Mm, you so don't go for emotional connections compared to my very pragmatic, like, <laughs> they worked together on a project four years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, luckily for this one, the connection between them was already known and it was all exactly yeah. the same. They so had had all worked together. the connection. Exactly. Mm. But, for example, in Hairdresser, I just I told you what my first sentence was. It's, here's this victim in the hair washing station. And then immediately after that, it just says, assistant manager, last customer, brother, <laughs> apprentice. Yeah. And if you recall, like, the rival hairdresser, the flamboyant man, was yes. not even a character. Oh, that's true. He's the, he's the best guy in the, and yet in the story. And he wasn't anyway. even in my notes. So I have a question mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. What do you... You've come up with a list of characters. Mm-hmm. And you've done them primarily based on who is a natural fit for the situation. Yes. I've done mine similarly. I've kind of added a natural fit for the situation and the victim's life. Mm -hmm. But I've not yet characterized them in any way. No, that took a tiny hint longer. When, or when you're doing that, Mm -hmm. which I'm assuming, because that's my next step pretty much. Once I've done that, I then, my next step for, for, um, both of these, once I've got that description, like if I go back to my in-flight notes, I said, now the why and the how. Page flicking. Now I need to know the characters. And so I've, done little like here's a list of people here's like a one sentence elevator pitch for who they are and then well actually then I started trying to get the the timeline done um more about method but then I just start writing out a page for every person Mm. and specifically for people who are intrigued as to how I write my characters pages like the notes for them generally I have a system of I put their name I do a series of dot points that is just sort of their whole shtick. It is what they were doing, what they think, like the kind of person they are. Mm. And then I specifically have a little table that I draw at the bottom of every page, which has all the other characters' names listed and what this character thinks of them or would say about them. Yes. So that's my, so I build like a little short, you know, short answer section of here's me, here's my deal. And then a table of here's what I think their deal is. Here's what I think about that person. I think they were doing something suspicious. Mm-hmm. So that when the detective goes, oh, what do you think about whoever, whoever? They say, well, you know, they, they seem kind of odd. Like I, I lost them for a while. I was looking for them yesterday, but I couldn't. And you get those sorts of connections. Mm. Uh, and I did that mostly because you always admonished me for not asking <laughs> about that as much, as much in mind. So I was like, well, Danny will be more keen to ask that. I know that Danny would want to build those, those lines. But I think it's a good way to, to deal with it. Because it, it also allows you, if you want them to suddenly offer information, if the, if the detective isn't asking it, you have kind of pre-written, like, here's where they're going to try and cast suspicion or here's a thing they could add. Hey, I did. do you know that I saw this person go up and ask for a food allergy thing? You know, like... And it is interesting because nowhere in my notes do I have it as a here's what blah blah thinks of blah blah. I very much seem to have split mine into what do they reveal and what do they conceal? Very yes. much in a how to host that's a murder a very style. That's a how to host a murder style thing. And that's where we've done a lot more of our murder mystery games yeah. before this. Uh, so you would have that for your characters. You would, you would write, here's what they're just going to offer up. Mm-hmm. And here's what they're going to need to be, what's going to need to be needled out of them. 
Did you have some stuff that's like, they will never, never say this, but there's a piece of evidence somewhere that might lead you to it? Oh, eventually, after I, like, after, somewhere else in my notes, I also just have a list of clues, evidence, and testimony, just all of the dot points that you can figure out, either from the people or from elsewhere. It is just the conglomeration, and often as we are going through the mystery, I'll be, like, ticking them off. Mm. So, from a more practical point of view, Mm -hmm. we seem like we've reached the same step, right? We've gone... Murder, I've done a little bit more about motive and things like that, but we've gotten to the cast of characters and we're picking them based on the, the pragmatic existence in the scene. Mm-hmm. What do you, do you have advice for how do I make these characters interesting or stand out or give them a, a, a feeling or give them something to do? Again, I am very much going with this has... <sighs> been different in every single one how I've done them so in the early days no not at all and I really struggled because of that Mm. but then we've got like for hairdresser so I've got my list of characters just assistant manager last customer brother apprentice right under that I say which one of them did the murder and what they did a little bit. That's what this tiny paragraph is. Sure. Then after that, I have listed out all of the people in more detail I've given them a name I've given them age I've given them a character in three words or less. Yes, and I think that's good. And then I've given them a secret. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I think that is good, especially when you're considering these as games to play rather than stories to write, Mm. is having a very, like, super compact descriptor of how this person is in general, right? Stuff like, you know, nervous weirdo. Yes. You know, that kind of idea. Um, You know, emotionless like very detail oriented. Like when you have that, it allows you to go, oh, I'm into that character's mindset. So when I'm playing this and I'm running it, I can be like, oh, I I need to be like a person who's like super emotionless, but cares about the numbers and the facts. Great. Mm -hmm. That's an easy thing to do. So when you say, what do you think of Mary? Instead of being like, well, Mary's an idiot. I say, which one's Mary? Yeah. The one with the the hair. Oh, of course. The one who did this, this, this. Yeah. I say, well, you know, and like you... You, you play the character and you make them feel distinct. And I think that also helps when you're writing that once you know their sort of archetype, you kind of, when you're trying to ascribe like, well, who would know that? I want to get this piece of information into the story. Who's going to be able to supply that? And you're like, ah, the person who has an emotional feeling that matches it, hmm. right? If I want, if I know one of my characters is a gossip and I also know that I need to get across the idea that two people were fighting over something, great, you give it to the gossip. Now the gossip can be like, ha ha ha, I'm going to say this. Like, I think for In-Flight Incident, I had that as a fun way of using um, one of the people wanted to be involved in the mystery and wanted to like give all these like, oh, you know, could have been this, could have been that. And I use that to get a few extra little details of like, hey, if you hadn't been considering this person, maybe here's a, like a thing they did. Oh, I, I want to tell you about a thing that I saw someone do because we're, do, we're solving a mystery together. And so you can get stuff across that doesn't naturally come out for a person who's like, I just want to get off this plane. Mm. I just want to go home. They're not going to say, oh, I really just want to go home. Did you hear that two people were talking about this <laughs> in the corridors? Like, no, that's crazy. You find a character that, that matches their, their vibe. Uh, so that's a, that's a kind of a nice way to do it. Which is funny because that vibe tends to make me uncomfortable. I want to be on my own. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly, for some of these, that, that kind of ends there. Like, 
well, one thing I've sort of skimmed over here is I've come up with, for my character, the reason that they have murdered. But it is good, I think, to have a couple of other things which are not red herrings, but they are other elements of, of contention with their character mm-hmm. that you can dispel by by uh, research by by what doing do the mean? investigation. So you want things that sometimes could feel like a red herring. You know, it's like here's a tantalizing clue. Here's a tantalizing like these two people were fighting, and it turns out that has nothing to do with the murder. But you want those things there so people can be like. Well, I also know that these two people were fighting. Could that have left, led to a murder? Mm-hmm. Let me go doop to doop to doop to doop. Here's evidence A, here's evidence B, here's what this person said. You know what? No. I think that proves that this other chain is not the reason. Okay. But that is different from like a red herring where it's like, oh, why did I even bother looking at that? Because it's an investigation. You want to have like multiple elements that could be a motive for murder. Yeah, that's fine. But if you do, you need to fundamentally define them as where's the evidence that says this wasn't a problem, if that makes sense. Mm. You want to have a thing that rules it out rather than just ending with, well, it could have been A or B or C, but it turns out it was B. Oh, yeah. You want it to be, it could have been A, B or C, but then I figured out this means it can't be A, this means it can't be C, and this means it can definitely be B. You want something positive for the real motive Mm. and you want some point that is negative for all the other possible motives. You definitely need something positive. I've done some murder mystery games where it was literally just ruling people out and the only one that you didn't end up crossing off was yes, the murderer. That's said, not well, a good that's feeling. That's not satisfying. Right? So for all of your possible motives, I think it's good to look at them and say, well, here's the thing that clinches the real motive, gets you to be like, that's it. Not necessarily something super obvious, but you want it to be like, you know what? Yes, it has to have been that. And you need something that denies the other possible motives. Yeah. If they're not there, the solution's super easy. You know, here's a guy, he's been killed. He had one enemy and his enemy <laughs> is over there and he has a knife. You're like, great, well, it was that guy. It's the enemy with a knife. Like, what are you talking about? Let's go home. So you need some other elements. But I think that's a, that's a good way to look at it because the thing that I think neither of us do, but sometimes gets put out as advice for murder mystery writing is that like, Deciding who did the murder is like the, the final step. Oh, yeah. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. And I think maybe that's more viable when you're writing, possibly. If you like, it's the final step of your first skeleton of the plot. Mm. Maybe that makes sense. But I don't like it because, especially for our context, for our, for our format. Like inevitably got a million red herrings. And exactly. Like, I suppose if you're a really stringent editor, you will go and fix it so there's not there. But then why bother? Mm. You just spend a lot of time putting them in. Yeah, true. And now you just got to get rid of them and only leaving the actual important ones. Mm. That's not a fun way of writing for me. Yeah. So I, th- I like the, the idea of... That's why I think I come up with the, the, the murder first and then I build everything else around the murder to like couch it and hide it and make it less obvious. But I do go, here's the murder. Um, yeah, and I'm not that behind, not that far behind when no. I do that. I just come up with the necessary things for here first, and, yeah, then, and then how murder. Yeah, and that's this. That's sort of another element of the way I do. I come up with the murder by going, well, here's all the information about the victim. Which of these things leads to his death? Mm. And you sort of go, well, here's now everything that's in the scene. All right, now I know all the people and, and the victim. What? Which one of these relationships could lead to his death? <laughs> or which one of these? You know? Do you have any? Do you have any rules, do you think? And, and I know you don't, so we'll be coming up with these on the spot. <laughs> do you have any rules for what makes a good motive? 
for, for mm. if you're looking at stuff, how do you determine like, ah, uh, that's not going to be good or that's not going to be satisfying or, you know, you know, it turns out mm. I killed him because he owes me $2 is obviously bad because you'd be like, well, why don't you just bloody get over it? I think this is what I find the hardest part of True. all of this because any motive that you can describe in one to five words feels like it's been done a million times. Yes. They have. Like, look at those ones I named. Love, money, yeah. crime. Yeah, none of these sound interesting. So you've got to figure out some really personal way that you can feel mm. that this led to a murder. There's I mean, got to be something. Hell, I've written two and I've already had big business disputes yeah. as the possible thing, right? Like it, it is tough because the thing with murder mysteries like these are generally you don't murder people. There aren't that many <laughs> things that can drive someone to murder. Mm. And, and then murder mysteries also have to be like satisfying. Like if it's, if it ends up being, oh, why was this person driven to murder? Well, like they've just got like terrible psychosis and they yeah. weren't quite sure what was going on and they just, just ended up tragedy, killing a person. Really. You'd be like, oh, that's both not interesting to figure out and kind of vilifying of people with mental yeah. issues, even if it can be true that some people who kill each other do so just because they have mental issues that lead to it. And then you have these, then you the real mystery is like, all right, now why didn't this person get proper care? Let's solve that mystery. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a hard thing to do because you, you do need to have a murder that has a real reason mm -hmm. and you want it to be something that is here's why they had to do it right here's why in their head murder was the only option for yes. this right here's how they like here's the value of what they would lose in their head if they didn't do the murder you know or so i like i've done two i've done two and uh i will say without tr trying not to spoil it that you know one of mine was a bit more of like a calculated This thing, is exactly what was, I was, was going calculated. to say next. One was very spontaneous. One was slightly more of a of a planned one. And I'm mm. thinking the same thing. I've got a couple in front of me right now that I'm looking at. And both of them were spontaneous because whatever they had been doing was discovered. Yes. And I think for me, the determination of what's going to be spontaneous and what's going to be premeditated was based on the the nature of the motive because I picked the motive first. Mm. So then you go, well, based on that motive, are you going to plan the murder? Or are you going to do it straight? You know, if the motive is like an argument, a, a fight, like a moment of, then the murder can happen in the moment. And it should, right? It is very, very different for two people to be arguing and someone gets angry and kills. If it's two people argue and then that person goes home and plans a murder, it's like, whoa, that person's like evil like that's mon like and then we start dealing with with that being about the person rather than about the the moment you know mm -hmm. like you don't want something or it's hard it's interesting but it's hard sometimes when the motive is like here's a motive for murder which 99% of people would have the exact same situation and they wouldn't wouldn't get anywhere close to murder but this one person because he's a big old murderer turned it into murder is is less satisfying because it's hard to solve that right yeah. Like there is uh, 100% in the real world, there are people where you could say to them, oh, hey, mate, nice hat, ha, 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 and then you walk away and there'll be someone in the world who'll go, that person needs to die. And they'll go home and they'll plan a murder for this dude that they don't know who at a party said they had a bad hat. And then they will chase them down and like two years later, they'll be like, how's my hat now? And kill them. <laughs> and the person will be like, I've never, what are you talking about while they die, right? That's that's a hundred percent a way certain people can be, 
certain people's brains don't work in the same way that they, they'll just like stew on that forever. They've had something in their past and that will cause them to kill. That's a hard murder to solve because you'd look at that motive and be like, well, that's not a motive for murder. He said you had a bad hat. Yeah. Just feel bad about yourself and move on. Like, no, no, someone's going to murder because of that motive. But that's not a good motive for a detective to try and solve in a gamified murder mystery. No, not so much. Very difficult. Sometimes I'm, I'm looking back at these. I do not remember what some of my motives were. They were too long ago. I think that's a good way to look at it is like, if it's in the moment, you just have to go, you need to be like, okay, well, what can make someone's emotions go real high? What can I do to be like, mm -hmm. da -da -da -da, sure. just burrs. if you can get that feeling, we've got the motive. And yep. if it's not in the, mo in the moment, if it's premeditated, I think a good way to look at it is, what can I put up as the like consequences of not murdering? You know, it's this person murdered. Why? Well, look at here. Here I've presented you, and as a detective, you can uncover these are the consequences of him, of this character not murdering the victim. Mm -hmm. Do you think those consequences are big enough? Right? When one character's like, he owed me a hundred bucks, consequences of not murdering the victim, there's like, uh, someone else in the future will be, won't be scared of you and won't give you a hundred. Okay. That's nothing. That's an angry thing, but there's no, you wouldn't kill them. Cause that like, that's a, it's better to keep them alive. So you can give me my hundred bucks back. All right, cool. Oh, there's a, there's an inheritance. So if you kill him, suddenly you get $10 million. Mm. That's okay. But still, if you, if I said to a random person on the street, Hey, I'll give you $10 million kill if you it. kill that guy over there. You'd be like, mm, I probably yeah, not yeah. do that, right? So that's not quite enough. It's really difficult. So then you have to also add a, I think it's but just, you're going to not like this it. This is why character is so important to these. Mm. You have to make it, like, yeah, just an abstract motive I don't think is ever going to be enough yeah. so when that's you try why, to describe it So the it relationship way. matters. It's like, if, if, if I get $10 million for killing someone, I'm not going to kill them. If I feel like they personally stole that inheritance from me, if it's a, my, my mother was going to give me $10 million in her inheritance and then the nurse came in and started wooing my mother, I feel like, <laughs> and stole her away from us and then she don't, gave it all to this newcomer who's been in her life for a year, that's theft of my money. You don't deserve the money and I do. So I'm going to kill you. Like You have to add the personal element that isn't just, would you like millions of dollars to kill a person? Mm. No. Would you like your million dollars back from the person who stole it by killing them? Yes. And so you have to color in that, that relationship to add the, oh, now I get why you also kind of wanted to murder them too. <laughs> you know, even you, if they're wrong, because they're probably wrong. You know they're what's a fascinating? I have insane numbers of pages of notes for my survivor one. Like more than any other thing, I have ridiculous notes that I'm sure never got used. I have no idea who the murderer was <laughs> based on these notes. Not even a slight clue. I also oh no. have an interesting one where I've listed out the characters with pluses and minuses next Ooh. to their names, which are like guilt or innocence signs, like reasons you might suspect them, reasons you might rule them out. Oh, nice. But I have no idea which of them did the murder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how funny. Well, okay. We've been talking a lot about this. Do we have actionable advice for people? No, I don't know what I'm doing. And anything that I have said is not a given for any of my stories. It's basically whichever one had the neatest written notes. That's what I've been looking at, which has been hairdresser. I will like. say, I reckon here's a piece of actionable advice for people mm -hmm. based on what we've been talking about. Yeah. 
build this a setting that makes sense as your first as like early on right so that right so you either pick the setting and you build the cast of characters based on what would be in that setting mm-hmm. or you get the victim you understand about them and then you fill out a cast of characters that matches who they are as a person. Do you? I feel the setting definitely has to be there because if you absolutely start with the victim and then worry about the characters, you could accidentally put them somewhere that's not closed enough. Also true. So I think those two together. It's mm. I, I add a bit more victim before I come up with cast of characters, but either way, it's setting and victim or setting or, or you know, and then you build who are people who should naturally be there. Yes. Then you start to work out, out all their secrets or their motives or their murders. because. That makes the whole thing feel real. Starting with mo- with the with motives and that mm. sort of thing is too clinical. It starts to shoehorn people in as yeah. well. You'd be like, and then maybe someone like has was it was at the same orphanage as them when they were a kid, and then you pull in a bunch of orphans and you're like, where, where did these orphans come from? What's happening now? Here's their twin brother. Like those are. If you go too hard into like, here are the cool weirdo people I want to see, and then you try and fit them all into a place. They're going to feel out of place. Mm. So I think building a place, building a, a person, and then saying who is naturally associated with this person and place that can come in here, you know, weird hotel, and then you add a victim as this person, you go, great, now I can add other people who would be in a weird hotel, and who would the victim bring with him to a weird hotel? The funny part is that if you look at books and how they do this, this is not what they would do at all. Like, think about, well, you think about Agatha Christie's, they will put them in a location, but many of the locations are things like a plane where it is a motley crew that as mm. far as we know, don't really know each other and finding out whether they secretly do know each other or if something happened just when they first met each other right now. That is part of the mystery. And anyone who would naturally be there, like the pilot, the hostess or whatever, Mm. aren't often important. They are dismissed as characters in the books. Whereas for me and a little bit for you, we're saying, no, those are necessary components because they are there. Because they are there. Look, this is a classic piece of murder mystery uh, trope culture, which is don't don't mind the help. Mm. Don't worry about them. You know, the amount of times, like, oh, yeah. there were only eight people, or like, you know, sorry, there were, there were three people in the room. There was Madame Crawley, there was the Duke, and there was Dr. Richardson, the only three people in the room. So the four butlers were walking around, and then yeah. they left, and then the maid came in and dropped this off, but the only three Is real human people... Is this why the butler people, did it was such a shock to people yeah, at the we time? Like, well, it couldn't be it's the a butler. person? That's not a real thing. Yeah. You know, so, but, I, like, I think we're just culturally removed from that, because we don't have help. Um, and so... You're more inclined to be like, well, people are there. They can do stuff, right? Exactly. In the modern context, is you're less likely to discount the help or discount the staff. And I think that changes what sort of locations we feel uh, suitable as well. Because, yeah, something like a hotel, to me, oh, my God, that is huge unless we have some way to limit it to yes, this right? floor at How this is... time of day. Ex- that cuts out 90% mm. of the staff and exactly. things like that. You want to find who... ways to cut the staff out yeah. because you know that if they're there, you've got to use them. Exactly. Uh, and I think you can't, especially in this context as well where... Agatha Christie can say, okay, in this context, the flight attendants don't matter. And then she can just say, Poirot will also think this and he will not talk to them. Done. But we don't have control over the detective. So we're putting people in front of the detective and then saying, here's a person. Hey, don't talk to him because I don't think they deserve to be talked to. It's like, no, you can't (laughs) do that. They will follow up because as a human, you talk to people 
right? You're, you're less likely to just be like, nah, the person who ran the cashier doesn't exist. Exactly. Right? Like, if we're going to do that, we might as well just put them in the middle of a crowd at Times Square and walk around to all the tourists who all say, no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And yeah. you've got to go through 30 variations of that before you find any information. Yeah. Like, that's the equivalent of putting in a worker who isn't important to the story. Exactly, it's, right? So ugh. I think that's a, that's a good that's good. But then you also have well. the interesting balance mm. of all of your characters have to matter, but they can't all be secretly hiding a blackmail robbery murder from their past because yeah. that's too melodramatic. Yes, so you need to have enough lines of of inquiry that it's not just the only thing to question is the the and the, the answer will be that's the murderer. So you want a few other things to question, but yes, I think that's also a good thing. We often have six people in the scene as like a, you know, plus or minus X kind of thing, like around six people. You don't want to have six people who are all like, ah, but now you've discovered my <laughs> secret. Because you're right, that's, that's wild. Which is why it's nice to give certain people like a role in the story that is not obviously immediately clear, like this person sure. is above reproach. But you should still be using people, using your, your list in a way that, you know what, if someone tries to invent a secret for them, fine. But that's not their role. Like, I had this in Virtual Victim. I had certain characters whose roles were more about giving information and more about flavouring the scene. And that's fine, because as long as they are characters, it won't feel like they're just there for exposition, mm. right? To the fact where... A lot of the times I have exposition characters that in my mind are there to, to give information, not to really be a proper candidate for murder. I've had plenty of people email in saying, it was them, they did the murder, Fantastic. it was definitely them. Because they are human enough that they're interesting, but I don't have their role. So like, if you dig into them, they might be interesting enough that you dig, but when you dig, you'll be like, that's just dirt. That's mm. just dirt the whole way down. There's no treasure <laughs> under here. And that's fine, right? They're just a normal person in that scene. So you give them a role without that role being secret backstory, evil past, right? Because yeah. it kind of then diminishes when you do find the secret backstory. You know, give one or two people something. Maybe one person gets a secret backstory. Another person gets a, you know, a, an interesting new nugget of information that makes you re-evaluate who they are. But if everyone's like that, it's a pantomime. If you have other characters who are not the murderer, who have some dark secret or whatever going on, how important do you think it is to relate that tangentially to the murder happening? I think you can avoid relating. It's, I think it's, it's important. You don't have to do it, but I think when you don't do it, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and I think it's fine to have a moment that's funny, but it is kind of, if some, you find out that someone was like, my father abandoned me 10 years ago and my inheritance was stolen by someone in a completely different room and yeah. has nothing to do with what we're doing here. And yet something that is much more silly. doable in an Agatha Christie where it's the murder happened. Also, there's a jewellery robber on board. Nothing to do with the murder, completely irrelevant, but some of the clues are about the jewellery mm. that we don't care but, about. But yeah. In this case, I don't like If there's like a second crime going on, it has to It has to have weave. impacted something. Yes, you it, want... like Because the jewellery robber was in that room, the murderer couldn't sneak mm. through there, which is why a clue was left in this other strange place. I think place. that's the best way to use outside uh, mystery. Something where it's like, oh, I have my own thing going on. But once you've discovered that my own thing that was going on that isn't related, there's one element of it that makes you go, wait a minute, if you were doing that... That means Way more that fun. all of the doors had to have been locked because you, you're, you're a, a lock obsessive person who loves to lock every door you ever see. Exactly. And now that I've discovered the secret that you love to lock every door, 
how did that person get in? Yeah. They just said they walked in. That <laughs> meant they must have had a key. Okay, thank which, you, weird lock person. Again, it's so hard to make sure that whichever <laughs> one of us is solving notices that. It's yes. really difficult. But I think that's a good rule mm. of thumb. If there's something on the side, even if it's not related, there has to be an element that affects the main plot line. I would the main, hope so. Again, the main I, events no the guarantees murder. that I've achieved this and done this in any way. I'm positive that I haven't, but that's a goal. Mm. Um, I feel like I did that a little bit with... Um, in the in-flight incident, I had one character who everybody suspected for a while, mm. but they were completely innocent. But their relationship with somebody else about how innocent they were made you go, wait a minute. That means that this character was like this. That made me, that whole tangent made me learn a new fact about one of the characters, which means that their relationship it with this other person is relevant. Right? Like it, you have to connect something from a side mystery it's Back basically, to the main if mystery. you are going to uh, do a red string, all of your red string, you, you could do this with one string. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, ideally. You can't cut your string anywhere. Yeah, you might have to loop it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. But it's got to, it should all kind of, everything should have an effect on the path of your final solve. So, we're 45 minutes in. I think we need to finish this episode. <laughs> this is, it's very haphazard. I it's wouldn't say it's particularly ordered. But I would like to say, here's where I think we're mm-hmm. at. I think... We are, we are, this is our advice. If you want to write one of these, it is the followings. And Danny, you chime in if you think any of these are wrong. I've still got more questions about things Ooh. if you think these things need to be included. Okay, then ask me. Okay. Timeline, yes or no? 100% murder dependent. Fair. The timeline, although I will say, and this is pragmatic advice, if you're running this, you will be asked about the timeline. Yes. You'll always be asked. So I think having a timeline is, is not necessary from a murder point of view, but I will say it is necessary from from running the game point Mm -hmm. of view. You can have an irrelevant timeline for a murder where the timeline isn't really that relevant, but I think you do need to know when everything happened. I've changed my mind (laughs) mid-sentence. Yes, 100% necessary for these games explicitly. Yeah, it may not be essential for your murder and for the solve, but for the game playing, yes. For allowing it to, because that's where people get the most red herrings is if you don't know the Mm. timeline and you go, "Uh, that happened at eight o'clock and then Two episodes later, someone says, hey, um, when was this going on? You're like, I don't know, eight o'clock. And they'll go, wait a minute. If these two things happen at eight o'clock, that's so. the minute. You're like, no, 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 I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. No. Uh, so timeline, I think, is necessary for the pragmatic purpose of playing the game. And I know that the biggest thing that has helped me, I mentioned that I have a list of dot points of all the clues and testimony and evidence and things that you can find. Sometimes I've got like little brackets about who has this information, like which of the characters you could potentially get this from, where you might find it. I've got a... Um, evidence that is currently on the scene of the crime, like physical evidence that you can find there. I often have a little section for that. But for me, I think the one that has been most important, especially for these uh, Agatha Christie-based ones that I have been doing, not just my own ones, I have a little section called just Detective's Path, which is, fingers crossed, ideally the order that I want you to do things with variation possible. And it can be very vague. Like, obviously, the first thing I have here is investigate crime scene. That's probably where I want you to go first. And then I just have, I, I tried to narrow it down so that it wasn't too open. And I've said, these witnesses are available to you. And then I have a thing where the next thing will not happen until you have learned this fact. So sometimes I want the order to be more rigid mm. because it helps me keep things under control. I think that is something that is good. And I've been doing that a little bit more with my second one rather than my first. And I think it will come into play in the third one as well, which is... The scope is is interesting. So we generally, for a lot of ones you made and the first one I made, have had a scope that is step one, 
everything is available to you. Pick one mm. of X things. There are seven people to talk to. Great. Pick a seven, one of those people at random. And that becomes quite hard to direct, right? Yeah. So I think you are right. I think it is good advice. And I did it for my second mystery. I think it worked really well, which is if I know there are going to be seven people to talk to, I'll give you three. I'll say, here are the three people that you can talk to. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so you, so I, so that's more controlled at the start. And I know that one of these people is going to mention somebody else. Great. Mm-hmm. That gives you a fourth person. One of them is going to mention something else that if you investigated would give you another person so that a few episodes in, you should have all six or seven, mm-hmm. but not at the start. You, you allow it to open up because it also feels like you're digging a bit, right? It's not just let me collect everything and then try and put it together in a big stew. It's I'm going to look at this. Oh, I have two more things to look at from that. Or I could go back to one of my other two options. And it's like a branching, like it, it opens slowly like yeah. a flower. Um, <laughs> and I think that is good. I think that is helpful for, for leading the investigation. And it's a good feeling. It also means that you can control things in that way that uh, books do, but you feel like you don't necessarily have that power, which is I just have one saying, cool, uh, you just won't meet this character until this stuff has happened. This is a suspect, but it will not happen yet. And it's kind of nice to have that level of control. In one of my mysteries, I think I had one that was just called uh, Deus Ex Machina. (laughs) That's just the things that are going to happen when when they've got to happen, but they are not actually connected. You aren't going to direct those as the detective. They will just happen at set points. Yeah. And I think that's something that uh, maybe at first we were a little bit too shy to, to use. Definitely. But now it's like, no, no, that is also just how it happens, right? Like it is good to, to just, you, you want to slowly expand the scope. Mm. You know, if you want someone who's going to have a certain amount of information, but it's maybe too much information to get straight away, they're not here yet. They'll turn up on day three. Exactly. They arrive by car and they say, what's going on here? My brother is dead. <laughs> I didn't know this. <laughs> Great. That's a fine way to introduce a character. And you hope that the, the detective's got enough information. You're like, cool. Hey, now that you're doing all this, you, you know, you found this, you found this, you found that. There's a knock at the door. Knock, knock, knock. Who's this? Oh, it's me, John. Great. Like you've added John in once, you know, and it was, how long was John going to take to get here? He was going to get here as soon as the detective discovered there was a body in the cellar. That's yeah. the moment that now John arrives. He's always going to arrive at that moment. If you found that two seconds into the investigation, John got here day one. <laughs> you found it in episode four, John got here in day three. So don't be afraid to, to, to trigger new characters with particular moments, the detective, right? You don't have to be like, damn it, I know that he's meant to arrive on the third day, but Danny said she slept for three days. Mm. Oh, damn it. So no, okay, now he arrives on day six, you know? So feel free to do that. Okay, Danny, now yes. we've only got 10 minutes left. I would like to give a, a quick summary actionable list for anybody who wants to make one of these. Amazing. This is what I'm going to try and do. Here's what I'm going to say. Right. You want to write a, so you want to write a murder mystery for one of these games. You want to write a solve this murder. One, come up with the scenario. Okay. That might be just a setting. Maybe you don't know the murder yet. Maybe it's a murder and you need to make the setting. But try and get this idea of what is the kind of the elevator pitch of the, of the episode. A murder in a penthouse at a party. That's fine. A murder on VR. That's fine. Like, get the elevator pitch. You then want to build a natural cast of characters before you come up with the weirdness of everyone's motives and stuff. A natural cast of characters. I usually do that by building up my victim first and then adding in people based on who he is. You might do it the other way around. But the victim is part of your natural cast of characters. So this, that's sort of happening in the same step, mm-hmm. right? So one scenario, two, a natural cast of characters. 
I would then say, for me, come up with the murder, the like the preciseness of it, like how did they die, why did they die? Sure. And then with the remaining cast of characters, because you know now one of them killed him, assign how they're connected to each other, how they're connected to the victim, give them fun little motivations. For every motivation that is not the motive that led, leads to murder, add some element that proves that it isn't. Give something that dissuades you from following that path. And for the one that is the murder, give it something that is fundamentally a gotcha moment. It's like a, that's it, it was that. Mm -hmm. Now I'm certain. If you're not, if the, the people aren't certain when they guess it, if it's just, well, I ruled out everything else, you need to add something that will be like a, but it had to be because of this. Oh, let's see. Oh, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> right. You need, you need that. Right. I think that's, and, and then everything else is flesh them out. Give your characters an, an easy in for you to, to play them by giving them a, an archetype, but giving also, them an emotional. But from beat. there, do not just have it as a, you've got a room full of people having like with conversations. This is a game. They are trying to solve it. Have, evidence have list have what yes. you want the solver to find because this is for the solver mm. it is a really hard job you can't just give them a room and hope that the right things get said you need to know what they need to know to solve the yeah. murder i would also say a good a good aspect to, that you can do when you're trying to get evidence in come up with a list of facts that happen in the mystery and then for each of those facts go well how would you know this how do they find out how could you find out this fact and then put a piece of evidence for every fact. It could be, oh, well, um, this character will tell you about this. Or there's a piece of physical evidence that would give you this. And once all of the beats of your mystery, once all you have, you have a list of your facts, and each of those facts has a source of learning that fact, then you know it's solvable. You just go, wait, if they find this tw these 12 things, they'll know all of the, the, the beats. To, mostly, yes. <laughs> but the gamified way that we do this means that sometimes just having, oh, well, this person will tell you if you ask them about this certain thing, that's never going to happen. No, So right. there need to you be need certain back pushes. And hell, we're lucky. We're doing it on a podcast. We can push each other and then just cut it from the edit. True. Um, but, but in the actual gameplay, that's a really yeah. difficult thing to get around. So, yeah, come up with some, come up with the normal way and then come up with a bit more of a give it to them way. Mm. But like, you know what? They haven't asked this person. I need someone to give this information. So you might end up needing to have some alternatives for how that fact can be delivered. Uh, all right. I think that's it. You, I am impressed with your level of certainty of delivering this. I feel like I just haven't written enough of these to have a method, to have a direction to it. Like with that's Escape fine. This Podcast, I'm relatively unchanging. <sighs> and when things do change, it's like doesn't feel that important that something has changed. Whereas this, my process from these ridiculous messes of notes that I have. Well, look, all of this comes with a caveat that this is advice based on how we are currently doing it. We might change our methods. Oh, yeah. Might, you might not work a, for you. You might have a different method that works better for you. You might. We have that for Escape This Podcast. Lots of people come on and we say, hey, did you listen to our How to Make a Room uh, episode? Did that help? And a lot of them will say, I listened to it, and it's exactly the structure I followed to make a room. Mm. Thank you. And then some people will say, yeah, I listened to it. I don't do it that way. Yeah. Absolutely not it how I made to it. to hear. Turns out that doesn't yeah, work for me. Work for me. So all of this comes with the with a so gigantic grain of salt. So maybe all of you are come up with the murderer last and then edit the crap around it. Yeah, maybe that'll work I for you. I disagree fundamentally, but maybe it works for you. Whatever. But this is the advice that we can give based on how we do it.
So there you are. Hopefully, grab this and write your own mysteries and play them with your friends and start competing podcasts and then we'll bury you. That's that's we'll what we do. bury you into the ground. Yeah, from, from experience, that's exactly yeah, how that's we how play we, it. That's how we deal with it. <laughs> All right, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, very soon, there will be another mystery, I think. I think very soon, I'm going to say. I think we can make that happen. Ideally next week, but who knows? Hmm. We'll see. There'll be a murder mystery. It'll be Danny running me through an Agatha Christie. Do you want to give us the t- which one it is? Do you want to hint it now? What's the title of the next one? Danny's um, looking like, like you, they, they just don't know. Uh, did I write that down anywhere? That's perfectly fine. Don't worry. It's I a mystery. have no idea. It's a mystery for everyone. It's an Agatha Christie story, everybody. It'll be great. I'm going to solve it. You're not going to find it. I may have just called it Agatha Christie short story. We don't know what it's called, but I'm going to solve it. All right. Bye. Bye.